Adam Pengilly from the Sydney Morning Herald is joining us. Uh, morning, Adam, on a, on a sad day. Yeah, morning, Jared. Morning, boys. It's, a, it's an incredibly sad day. I, I must admit, I, I got the news come through late last night before I went to bed, and um, I must admit, I found it a little bit hard to sleep for the first hour or two, um, just thinking about the news and what, a, what an amazing influence he was on all parts of the Australian racing industry, from knowing administrators to jockeys to punters, tipping them winners on a week-in, week-out basis. And the one thing I love about him, Jared, was his humility. Like it wouldn't matter if he tipped seven winners at Flemington on a Saturday or he didn't tip a winner at Mowie on a Monday, which was a rare instance, I must admit. He, he was still the same person, and he was still the same humble bloke that we've always come to love and know and love listening to his voice on the radio. And his breadth of knowledge of, of racing in general is something that I can only marvel at, to be honest. So, yeah, what an incredibly sad day. And I, I know we'll take time to process the news, and in time, the racing authorities will, will think about how they... Um, pay proper tribute to Dean, but uh, there's such a myriad of options, and I just really hope that we can we can do something in the future to recognise his amazing legacy in the industry. Yeah, exactly right. And just the impact he's had on, well, someone like Jai McNeil, for instance. Yeah, yeah. It was an amazing story, wasn't it, given how close he was to, to Jai McNeil, and he, he virtually got him the ride on Twilight Payment before mm. the Melbourne Cup that year, and he, he won the race. So I know there was a lot of jockeys who spoke to Dean on, on a regular basis to, to work on their speed maps and understand how races are going to play out, and they would seek Dean's counsel because of his because of his amazing knowledge, um, and it just goes to show. There's not, there's not too many people that I trust to do something like that, but there's a, not just John McNeil. There was a whole handful of them who do that on a regular basis. And talk about guys like Nick Hall who used to consult with him regularly. So, yeah, just such a such a terrible shame. We know Dean's had his health problems for for, for many years now, but um, yeah, it's just a horrible horrible news that came through late last night. He had a massive following, didn't he, uh, Adam? Yeah, yeah, Loz, it's incredible. Isn't it? You guys, I know Jared's been speaking about it just just a moment ago. The people who would who would text in wanting Dean's tips, and even when I just sat in the chair just for a couple of days doing the the summer show when you guys went on holidays, we'd still get listeners texting in saying, "What's Dean's tips for today? Have you got yeah. Dean's tips?" And it's just amazing. And for for a guy like him, there's only a select few people who can move markets like he did, and he could genuinely move markets on his opinion and his tips, and people would back his horses religiously. Um, so it just goes to show just, just what, a, what a powerful influence he was in the industry. So, yeah, I just want to send out my condolences to his family and friends. His mother will be doing extremely tough today and she'll be doing it tough for a while yet. Um, we just hope he's, he's, he's not in pain anymore he can, and he can rest in peace. Let's talk some footy, Adam, and uh, the World Club Challenge. Uh, 19 and a half, St. Ellen's have a start with Tab for the World Club Challenge. How do you see it unfolding? Oh, if Penrith a fair income, Jared, you think they'd cover that 19 and a half, wouldn't you? I know they might be a bit rusty and, and haven't played any footy so far this year, and at least in Helen's about a game, but just, just given the conditions that they're going to face out there tomorrow night at Penrith, you, you think everything's sort of in Penrith's favour. Um, you know, I know they've named, a, a, obviously, they've named a, pretty much a full-strength lineup compared to the team they ran out in the trials last week. I, looking at that squad, I, I think Penrith's biggest challenge this year is just going to be depth if they get a couple of key injuries. Like, I think Coruscant and Kikau, we've been speaking about ad nauseum for the last couple of months, they're, they're going to be big blows. And we know the production line they've got going on out there. They can just bring in guys to, to, to do a job. But if they do get a couple of key injuries, I just think they might be stretched a little bit more this year. Having said that, I think they'll win this game. I think they'll win it fairly comfortably. I probably expect them to cover the margin at some stage in the second half. And um, yeah, they're going to be world club champions. So Everything points well to Penrith having another big year and they'll be getting ready for, for round one in a couple of weeks' time. Adam, what's the latest with Adam Dewey and his contract with the Tigers? Yeah, really fascinating story, Clarky, that Brent Reid's written in the News Limited papers today that Adam Dewey's very close to agreeing to terms to stay at the Tigers, but only on a one-year deal, which goes to show they've got a lot of balls they're juggling at the moment, mm. the Tigers. They're obviously trying extremely hard to get Mitchell Moses back to the club on a 
on a long-term deal as a marquee player. How Adam Dewey fits into that equation, we're probably not quite too sure yet. I suppose we'll probably find out in the next few weeks whether Moses does come back to the Tigers, what they do with Luke Brooks. But I, I think Adam Dewey's probably a chance of moving back to fullback next year if, if everything plays out how the Tigers want it to play out, which is probably going to leave Dane Laurie in a quite a precarious position, you would have thought. He's a guy who's also off contract at the Tigers at the moment. He hasn't sort of come to terms on or agreed on a new deal yet. there yet. We know they've got Charlie Staines across from Penrith, who's got eyes on playing fullback at some stage this year too. So, I don't know. The Tigers seem like they're, they're sort of juggling a lot of balls at the moment, and they're quite sure exactly which path they're going to go down. Obviously, just signing Adam Dewey on a, on a one-year deal, which is a little bit peculiar as well, is probably one step further to solving their equation. But I think it's probably a good move from the Tigers, and I suppose it gives Adam Dewey some options to leave his crew open, heading elsewhere in the future too. Well, obviously, you know, they've got Dewey on their books already, but with Mitchell Moses unsure of what he's doing, have you got a lean of what he will do? Because yeah, I reckon once he decides, that's when we'll know what will unfold with the Tigers. Yeah, I, to be honest, Loss, I don't know. I don't know. I made mm-hmm. a few phone calls this week. I think I think he's really up in the air. He's not quite sure exactly what to do. He, he spoke last week, or was it the week before? I can't remember now, about wanting to win premierships. That's That's going to be his main focus. And the money, yes, probably Tigers are offer more money than what Parramatta are going to do, and it's going to be a slightly longer contract at the Tigers as well. But I suppose he's probably trying to weigh up well, which clubs do, do I think can get back to a grand final and win a club quicker in the next three or four years. Do I stay with Parramatta, who was so close last year and made a grand final, but obviously well beaten by Penrith? Uh, are they on the, on the downhill slide now? Are the Tigers in a, in a good enough position to really challenge to be a top-four team in the next two or three years? And I suppose that's something he's probably sort of weighing up. I, listen, I know the Bulldogs pulled out of the race a couple of weeks ago, and I wouldn't expect anything to change, but it wouldn't completely surprise me if something did change on that front in the next couple of weeks. So just keep an eye on this space. It's a fascinating race. I think Mitch will probably want to make a call, I'd imagine, before round one. And if you're Brad Arthur, was, you don't want this dragging on into the first three or four weeks of the season, do you? You just want him to make a call. Let's put it to bed and let's get on with it and start playing football, concentrating on what we need to do. So I think Mitch probably needs to make a call, I'd imagine, in the next week. Uh, now, over at Cronulla, Craig Fitzgibbon gets an extension and a significant extension, uh, and I guess well justified and deserved. Yeah, probably the big news of the week, Jared, wasn't it, that Fitzy's agreed to stay at Cronulla for the next five years. He's already had a couple of years left on his, on his current deal, but I think the Sharks and their board were so impressed with what he did last year in turning that club around and turning him into a top four team straight away within the space of 12 months. They thought, we're going to tie this guy down long term. And I heard you guys speaking about it earlier in the week about the I suppose, the dangers of long-term contracts. And they, they seem like they're just so in vogue at the moment in the NRL. Like, guys are coaches. Look, Cameron Serraldo, who's everyone thinks is going to be the next big thing, but they've signed him to a five-year deal. Craig Fitzgibbon, obviously, did a long apprenticeship as well and had a great first year at the Sharks. But again, he's on a five-year deal. So uh, it seems like that a lot of clubs wanted to tie down these coaches for, for these long and extended periods of time. And I, I took, I, I sort of listened to your comments with interest last week, Loz, about saying that you know, things can go wrong pretty quickly. Like It might yeah. look, look, look like a good thing on paper, but things can change dramatically and quickly. And that's exactly right, Adam. That's why you're always wary about signing players on long-term deals because they can get a, an injury and all of a sudden they're not the same player. A coach could lose a senior player or lose a couple of players at, at one time. You can have a fallout with someone and all of a sudden the dynamics of a footy team changes. If you've got the runs on the board, yes, and there's nothing to suggest that, that Pitsy won't be a massive success, and he already was last year um, at the Sharks, but I, I'm always wary of signing players on, or, or anyone for that matter, 
um, on long-term deals, anything over a, a three-year, good luck to them if they can get it. But I just think there's a risk there that things can go pear-shaped in this environment pretty quickly. Yeah, I still think the Sharks are a smoky to win the comp this year. Like I, I still think it's hard to go past the Roosters and Penrith. And mm. I just think they've such, got such a settled squad. And, and the, I suppose the one question mark is, when the big games roll around at the end of the year, like who's the guy? It's going to say, give me the ball. I'm going to drag us across yeah. the line and get it done. That's that's their one question mark, isn't it, Lars? Yeah, so my question mark is that, um, and I think they had a terrific season last year, they've got to back it up. Yeah, yeah. Whether it was just that halo effect of the new coach and the new systems and they're all excited, um, but can they go to that next level? And we saw them go out in the finals in straight sets and mm. a lot of people suggested, and quite rightly so, that they had... Well, they were on the better side of the draw last year because a lot of their play, uh, t- uh, teams that they played never finished in the top eight. Mm, mm. So I, 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 I could either have the Sharks in top four or missing the eight. Yeah, that, well, that's I think... where I'm sort of at it with with the Sharks. I'm I'm just unsure if they if they play like they did last year and improve, just natural improvement, they play finals foot without a doubt in the world. Mm. I like their forward pack. I think they've got a, lot, got, a, got a really good young forward pack, and you throw in a bit of experience with Finucane and McInnes and, and those type of guys. But the health of probably their spine is going to be the biggest issue. They need to keep Blake Braley fit. They need to keep Nico Hines fit. And I, I just, I still don't know about this fullback position. I think Will Kennedy is a really good player. He's, I think he showed last year had a few issues with injury, and I think they're, they're really light on for depth at fullback this year now that we know what happened with Kay Dykes going down with the ACL and Lockie Miller being released from Newcastle the day prior. But if they can keep those guys fit and healthy, I think their forward pack's going to carry them a long way in this competition. So, yeah, we'll wait and see how it plays out. I still think they're, they're a smoky to finish the top four and really go deep into this competition again. All righty. Give us a tip for tomorrow, Adam. What have you got? Yeah, race six, number one, Electric Girl, Jordan and Millie Fox. Uh, I know she's first up, but she loves dry ground. She's on her home track. I think the speed map just works perfectly in her favour. I'm respecting Maria Mia, obviously. She's been flying this campaign, but I think she's... Probably a touch of unders at the price, and if it's going to be an upset, I think it might be Electric Girl. So her form from last preparation just reads outstanding. I know she hasn't been winner race, but she was close up in a lot of really good form races uh, behind the likes of Shiza Belcher and Promise of Success and um, Shades of Rose. So happy to have something on her each way. Uh, first up there tomorrow at Rose Hill, which is race number one, uh, Electric Girl. Race six, number one, Electric Girl at Rose Hill. $8.50 with tab 230, the place. You have a great weekend, mate. Enjoy the weekend, boys. We'll uh, chat again on Monday.